Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the senior pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. Let's get started. So, well, I wonder how many of you have noticed that there are so many people that are incredibly easily offended. Well, there's a lot of oohs in that one. You know, one of the things that, that often offends people really easily is when you're driving on the road, right? You got some people that you've seen drive on the road that do really crazy things. And you see people like, they do crazy things that you know that are borderline illegal, right? You see one of those? And one of the things that really offends people as well is that there are also some good drivers out there and those good drivers can sometimes offend other people even though they're doing the right thing. Like for example, like the other day I was, I was, driving, I was driving on the freeway and there was a person in front of me, right? And there was a person next to our lane and this person next to us wanted to overtake right? And you've seen one of those? And you know, you know, they did all the right thing. They put their signal on second, like 10 seconds before they wanted to come up, right? And this person in front of me was obviously offended by that. They was like, nope, you're not going into our lane. So this person was like side to side. And you know when you see two people like side to side in the car and you can see them arguing? They're like, you got to let me know. You got to let me in and all this other stuff, right? And this guy was really offended by this action, now, in fact, I'm curious, and it's no fun without you, but how many of you know someone who can easily be offended? Now, don't point at them. Just raise your hand because, you know, if you point at them, they're going to be easily offended, right? So raise your hand. Just raise your hand. And I hate to, I hate to even fo- ask this follow-up question, but how many of you noticed that it's oftentimes <laughs> it's the church people <laughs> that are offended the most? Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that? Tom, you don't know the crazy people in my life. They talk and talk on and on and on. They say the craziest things. You know? They're loud. They're opinionated. They're criticizing. And you know what? Over the past few years, over the past few years, I'm going to be honest with you. Over the past few years, it hasn't been very easy to offend me. And I, I believe that I've developed some really tough skin, and I thank God for that. But I'm not easily offended unless somebody obviously hurts Vanessa or hurts my family or betrays one of my friends or betrays myself or criticizes Transformed Church or my sermon or my outfit. I think I'm, I, think I'm, I may be a little bit offended. I may be. <laughs> and today, I will probably offend some of you. But hopefully with the goal of helping us get over our offenses, our anger, our bitterness, and maybe even our unforgiveness. And that's why the title of my message today is, No Offense. No Offense. How is it that we as Christ followers, we get over the bitterness or, or, the grow, or to how to grow past the daily temptations of being offended all the time, or we get angry, or we get frustrated, or we hold a grudge? How do we get over that? Well, the first thing is we're going to pray. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you. We honor you. We praise you, Jesus. Father, we thank you right now for this amazing church that you've called Transform Church, God. We want to thank you for each and every person that is here today to hear your message, God, that as you speak through all of us, God, that you would open up our hearts, that we would receive your 
what you have in store for us today, God. And Lord, right now we commit this amazing time and this message into your hands. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I think that everybody can agree with me that we live in a culture today that where not many very, pe- not very many people are listening and they're very fast to speak their opinions and people are incredibly easily offended. And they're often quickly angry. You know, everybody seems to be offended by almost everything. Everybody could be offended by something big or even something really small. Like for me, right, or even for you, maybe someone rolls their eyes at you, right? Or maybe someone has that weird tone in their voice, right? Or maybe someone cuts you off when you're driving and you give them the middle finger as a gift, right? Or maybe someone says thank you or someone forgets to say thank you. But how do you react when somebody offends you? How do you react when somebody intentionally offends you? And if you go back a few years, you know, the things that used to annoy me and offend me the most and make me angry regularly, it was kind of like the smallest stuff. It was the, it was the little stuff, like someone would cut me off in traffic, right? Or someone would not respond quickly to my text and it would make me very angry. Or worse, you know, when you, when you know that you could, they saw your text and they're about to reply because you could see those little bubbles, right, that they're typing, and then they don't reply until like a week later. That's the worst for me, right? Or even, you know, little things like that, even when I go to the movie theater, like the other day, we went to the movies the other day, and I have like level of anger when it comes to the movies, right? When I go to the movies, there's level one where it's like a person's phone, or sorry, level one is like when they're chatting in the movie while the movie's going on. That's level one for me. Level two is when their phone is going off and they haven't put it on silent and all you is ping, ping, ping all the time. That's level two. Level three is when their phone goes off and they pick up and they have the conversation in the movies. That's like level three for me. And it's like some unforgivable thing worthy of jail time for me, right? Those were the normal offenses. But it seems like anger has has escalated in our culture today. Like it's all around and anger at the silliness that goes on in social media or, you know, like arguing about vax or no vax, mask or no mask or leaders that has done this, leaders that haven't done that or whatever the issue is, whatever our issue is. And we get angry and you take it to the next level and then you get angry at other people because they're not angry about the issue that you're angry with. Is that too real? So I want to ask you a question today. How effective is your anger? Like, how's it going for you? Is it, are you easily angered? Is it working? Is it giving you purpose? Or is it pushing you away? And I often say this, that we live in an age of offense. We're quick to be angry. We're quick to judge. We're quick to be opinionated. We're quick to become bitter. And I'm not pointing at anybody else because I could be the worst at this. And I hope you'll understand this is that there's never ever been a win walking around bitter. Like I've never found myself saying, you know what, I woke up today, I'm having a better t- I'm having a better day today because I'm so much bitter. I woke up today, I had a coffee, I had a lovely walk, and about I'm about to have an even better day than yesterday because I'm angry at somebody. My relationship is stronger with my family, with my friends, with my spouse, because I'm holding a grudge. And I want to show you a passage in the scriptures today that is really relevant to what we're talking about today. And if you've been here at Transform Church long enough, you'd know that we are not just a church who are generous. We're not just 
a church who is loving and accepting and great-looking people. But we love the Scriptures, and we love studying the Scriptures. And we believe that the words that come out of these Scriptures are God-written, God-given, and life-transforming. And I want to I turn your attention to James chapter 1, verse 19. And he says this, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. I love this part. Take note of this. He senses the, the, the urgency out of this passage. Take note of this. Write this down. Memorize this. Plug this into your brain because this is very important. My brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and what? Slow to become angry. In a time where not very many people are listening, and they're very fast to speak their opinions, and people are incre incredibly easily offended and often quickly angry. And if you're like me, you know what? You want to push back a little, and you're like, Tom, you don't understand. My anger is a righteous anger. Have you ever heard of that? My anger is a righteous anger. I'm angry over the wrong things that they're doing, what they're saying, what they're thinking. I'm angry because I'm right, and I want to let them know that they're wrong. Thank you. Sometimes, <laughs> have you noticed that sometimes righteous anger can evolve into righteous condemnation? You might be there and there's probably such a thing as righteous hatred against something that looks or sound wrong, but I don't know if you've noticed that about this, about righteous anger, is that whenever we're angry about someone else's shortcoming, it's always somebody else's sin. It's always somebody else's sin. It's always somebody else. Have you noticed that? Come on, if you're really honest today, Transformers, if it might not be just like a righteous anger. In some ways, it could be like a self-righteous anger. Because as Christ followers, it's really easy to criticize their foul language but ignore our own pride. It's so easy to judge their sexual history and ignore our own tendency to gossip. It's so easy to let them know how they're dressing and ignore our own evil thoughts. We tend to think that our anger is justified. It's my anger. It's my anger. This is, I'm right and you're wrong because it's my righteous anger. So how do we get overreacting in anger? Are you ready? How do we get over being bitter? The key is this. We get to choose what you put in the gap. We get to choose what you put in the gap. So for example, what happens in every interaction when I'm interacting with somebody, right? For example, if I'm interacting with Sam or Cheyenne or Robbie, right? If I'm interacting with people, there's a dynamic that happens. I'm talking to them. There's a reaction. And then what happens is that there's a gap. And then I interpret the action behind that. So there's a micro moment, an instant where I get to interpret the meaning behind their action. And we get to put something in the gap before I respond. And we interpret the meaning of that action. But the problem is this. The problem is we are all horrible interpreters. We're horrible interpreters. I'm a horrible interpreter. We all are, right? Like, because how many of you have said this? Because we're all horrible interpreters. The meaning behind your words. How many of you said this? How could you think that I would ever say something like that to you? How could you ever think that I would ever say something like that about you? How could you think of that? And the problem is we are all 
horrible interpreters. It's the misinterpretation. And you know this, we do it all the time. For those of you who are parents, right? If you have little kids, I love your parents, but sometimes we're guilty of this. Um, you go into Coles or you go into Woolies and you got your little child with you and you walk around with, you know, with, with your trolley full of groceries, full of things, right? And you know, you got your child with you and usually you're preparing for the week and your trolley is full of food. And you, usually that, time, that, that place where you put your child in is full of groceries, right? And you're holding your child and you're pushing one, pushing the trolley on one arm, right? And what happens is your child and your arm gets tired and your child throws a massive tantrum on the floor and they roll around, they're going crazy, right? What do you want to tell people in your head? You want to tell people, you know what? I've had a really long day. I've been rolling this trolley around for all day. Give me a break. My kid didn't get a nap today. They didn't get a snack or anything like that. Give me a break. That's what you want to say, right? That's what you want them to know. And then it's somebody else's child. Somebody else's child that throws a fit, throws a tantrum. And you're like, you know what? That parent is ignoring their child. And that parent is a lazy parent raising a demon-possessed child. We got to go to the next aisle. Because that parent is a really lazy parent. And there's always a gap there's always a gap where you get to choose what you put in that gap. What do you put in that gap? Well, I'm here to tell you today, and if I don't say this, I don't know what's the point of me being here, but I'm here to tell you today that we have a spiritual enemy, right? We have a spiritual enemy, and one of his titles is the accuser, right? In the Revelations, if you look at it, he's, one of his titles is the accuser, and it says that the accuser accuses the brothers, the brethren, day in and day out. And he's always accusing us. You're no good. You're not worthy of this. I saw what you did last night. I saw what you were looking up last night. I saw what you talked about behind that person's back last night or yesterday. He's accusing us. And how do we fill the gaps? Well, the enemy wants you to fill the gaps with accusations. He's the accuser, so he encourages us to accuse others. Fill the gap with this accusation like, well, you know what? She doesn't have time for me anymore. He's always working. She's always working. He doesn't have time for me anymore. Why doesn't he care? Why doesn't she care? Nobody understands. Nobody is on my side. And the enemy wants you to fill the gaps with accusations. And what do accusations do? We all know this. Accusations, what? Erodes relationships. Accusations tears each other down. Accusations splits friendships. Accusations destroys churches. And the enemy wants you to constantly fill the gap with accusations. But see, God wants you to fill the gap with love. God wants you to fill the gap with love. And I love what it says in Proverbs chapter 17, verse 9. It says this, Whoever would foster love, it covers an offense. Another translation, I love this, this other translation. It overwhelms, overwhelms an offense. Because how many of us in our entire life, how many of us have lost our closest friends over small accusations, over small offenses, over small arguments? But what does the scripture say? Whoever fosters love, it covers, it overwhelms an offense. Because why? What does love do? Love gives the benefit of the doubt, right? Love chooses to believe in the next person. 
And we need to make this decision. We need to decide when we get angry, do you want to make a point or do you want to make a difference? Because too many people just simply want to make a point. And not many people want to make a difference. So we're not just making a point, we're making a difference. We're not just trying to win an argument, we're making a difference. We make allowances. And believe me when I tell you this, if you want to make a bigger difference in this world, you're going to have more people that probably won't like you, and we've got to learn how to stay above those offenses. So whenever, this is something that I kind of remind myself when somebody's, you know, when, when someone attacks or someone's unnecessarily harsh to me or my family, right, what I try to do is I try to tell myself, I've said this to many times to some of my friends as well, I wonder what they're going through because what happens is hurt people tend to hurt people. So instead of being offended by, I want to have compassion for Instead of being offended by what they did, how they acted, what they didn't do, I want to I try to have compassion for them and make allowances for them. And I'm choosing and deciding to not let it get to me. So let's practice. Let's practice. What's the point if it's not practical, right? What's the point? Let's practice. Your coworker doesn't invite you to the birthday party. Oh, I'm offended. I'm offended, Pastor Gregory. But I'm not going to let it get to me. I'm going to decide... And I choose to let it go, right? Somebody doesn't say hi to me at church. <gasps> That's an unforgivable sin right there. Somebody doesn't say hi to me at church. I'm not going to let that get to me and let that control my week. Some, I post a really nice photo of myself on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. It's very nice. Got my makeup done. I got a new haircut going, right? And somebody comments, why does this photo look photoshopped? Uh-oh. I'm offended. Right? I'm not going to hit reply and spend an ordinary amount of time replying something that will hurt that person. I'm going to ignore it. I'm making a conscious decision to not let this affect me. I'm making a conscious decision to not let this control me. And the best example of this is Jesus' life. If you look at the life of Jesus, right, from the moment of his birth, right to the end of his life, from the moment of his birth, King Herod wanted to kill him. You see this all over his life, and, and you think about this, you think about this. You know what, Jesus, you are justified, you are more than okay to be angry at these people. Why aren't you just giving them a quick backhand, right? You are justified to be angry, but he chose to love. And we find this all over the scriptures, but I, I want to show you a particular scripture that overwhelmingly stood out for me. Is that all right? And it's the story of Matthew. And if you didn't know about Matthew, right? Matthew was a tax collector. All right? So I'll just give you a bit of context. Matthew was a tax collector. And um, a lot of people back in those days, it, a lot of people hated him, okay? Because of three main things. Number one, he was a tax collector, which meant that he worked for the enemy, the enemy that oppressed the people, right? Number two, he, because he was a tax collector, he would often charge more than what he should be doing, so the things that he charged more, he would keep it to himself. So he would steal from people, right? And number three, he was Jewish, 
which meant that he was working for the enemy. Right? So three main things. He was Jewish, working for the enemy that is oppressing his people, and he was a tax collector that would steal from his people. Right? So, see, Jesus is different. He doesn't take people at face value, and Jesus calls him because he looks at the heart of people. And so Jesus asked Matthew, you know what, Matthew, come and follow me. Come and follow me. And he got up and followed Jesus. And it's a short passage. So what we're going to do is we're going to read this together. So we're going to start on Matthew chapter 9, verse 10. It says this. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. Right? When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? I'm going to pause there for a second because how often in our lives do we want to do nice things for people and we got people behind the, behind the curtain saying, you know what, why is she doing this? Why is she doing that? You're going to have people that are offended by the good works that you're doing. How many of us have gone there? They're asking and they're judging and they're saying, you know what, I thought Jesus was this holy person. He was this rabbi. He was a teacher. Why is he spending time with these sort of people? They're being offended by this whole, whole ordeal. And on on hearing this, verse 12, on hearing this, Jesus said, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but it's the sick. And I don't want to minimize, I don't want to minimize whatever hurt some of you are enduring right now. And because I know that we've talked about politics and we've talked about friends being rude. And I know that a lot of us today are facing some really deep and significant pain. And you might be facing some horrible situations right now, but whenever we've been hurt, if you notice, whenever we're angry, there tends to be a thought that I'm right and they're wrong. And if we're not careful, your anger will then justify you to pick up the stone and throw it. It's not that you're going to throw it, but you just like to hold on to it in case you ever need to do it. You've hurt me so many times and I might hate you. I might hurt you right now. You gotta, you gotta move back. I've got this stone and I'm holding onto it. And if you're not careful, I'm gonna use this. And some of you are probably going through some deep and significant pain. And then before long, we're changing the neural patterns of our brain and we're creating new false neural patterns, pathways. And our anger evolves into something ugly and our anger evolves into bitterness and then bitterness evolves into hatred and it's an endless cycle but see Jesus didn't call us to be right but he called us to be loving and our goal and my goal today is not just to make a point my goal is to make a difference I'm not going to convert you to my view in some peripheral issue. My goal is to help you to love, see the love of Jesus who changed my life. And his name is Jesus. And, the, and Jesus was quick to listen. He was slow to speak. And he was slow to become angry. And if that's the way Jesus lived and loved, that's the way I want to live and love today. That's how I want to live and love today. You get to choose what you put in that gap. And what I try to tell myself, and I, I, I want to implore this with you, I try to tell myself is that, that the calling ahead of me 
is greater than the offense behind me. I still have a calling from God. I still have empowerment from Him. He's equipped me and my life is way too short and my calling is way too important to be offended by something really small. There's always a gap when we close the gap with love and we assume the best. Even if we're angry and mean and hateful, you know what? They must be going through something. Instead of choosing to be offended by, I'm going to have compassion for I'm forgiving in the moment. So don't get in social media battles. Don't, don't start going, you know what? I like Daniel Andrews more than this person. Don't start protecting or defending your theology with anger or hatred. We're called to love. And when I'm tempted to be offended, to be angry, to be hurt, to be bitter, my calling is to love. It's as simple as that. Sounds simple, but it's so hard, isn't it? My calling is to love. I'm not just here to make a point. I'm here to make a difference. So as usual, I want to leave you with a couple of questions today to help us really mold and practice and help our week become a week that God appointed us to be. Number one, in my life today, do I just want to make a difference or I just want to make a point. Do I want to make a point or do I want to make a difference? At work, at school, at home, do I just want to make a point or do I just want to make a difference? Because there's two different points that you might be right, but have you made a difference? Usually sometimes when we make a point, we tend to push people away. It's so hard to hear, but sometimes I've said so many things to make a point and I've pushed people away. So are we just making a point today or are we making a difference? At work, at school, in our homes. Number two, in my, in, in my next interaction with someone, what am I going to put in the gap? Again, interaction, there's a gap in the middle. We get to choose what we put in that gap. Are we gonna misinterpret it and say, you know what, that's what she meant? Is that how she's going to act? Is that how he's going to act? You choose what you put in that gap. You choose what you put in that gap. If your coworker comes up to you, you choose what you put in that gap. If your coworker that you don't really like at all comes up to you, you choose what you put in that gap. If that person that you see at the shopping center that you know doesn't like you, you choose what you put in that gap choose what you put in them. Stand with me today. Stand with me, Transformers. We're going to pray together. Can I pray for you today? Can I pray for you today? Man, I've said so many things. I've said so many things today. But I want to leave you with this. I want to leave you with this. Is that I can say a lot of things here on this platform with the point of getting you to believe on the issue that I have on my iPad. But I want to take that away for a second and I want to point you to the one that loved me the most. And that name is Jesus. And his name is Jesus. And Jesus came. Jesus came. Jesus came down. And you know what? 
He might have been flayed. He might have been put on a cross. He might have been threatened to be killed. He might have been spat on. He might have been abused. But Jesus decided to put love in the gap. Father, forgave them for they don't know what they're doing. Peter, who was in the inner circle of Jesus, he said, you know what, Jesus? You can trust me. You can count on me. I'm never going to betray you. Jesus betra- uh, Peter betrays Jesus. But you know what? Jesus focused on, you know what, my child? You know what, Peter? Go. Go out there. Tend my sheep. Lead my people. I don't know what sort of hurt we are focusing on today. I don't know what sort of hurt we're we're holding on today. I don't know what sort of grudges we're holding on today. I don't know what sort of anger we're, we're holding on today. My purpose here is to not let you hear my issue. My purpose here is to let you and direct you and lead you to the one who loved me the most. And that's Jesus. His name is Jesus. So today I'm going to pray over the name of Jesus in every person's life in this place because some way, one way or another, we're going to face trials, we're going to face anger, we're going to face bitterness at some point of our life. But I'm here to let you know that Jesus tells you to fill the gap with love. Hello again, and thank you so much for listening. I really hope that message has encouraged you. Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message. I would also love for you to share this message with a friend or someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.